Travelwise with Phil Blizzard. News, views and interviews at the Arabian Travel Market 2023. Hello, I'm Phil Blizzard with the Travelwise podcast. Welcome along, welcome on board as we travel around the Arabian Travel Market, which took place at the beginning of May. We're reflecting back on some of the uh, key stories and some of the key people I interviewed over those days at this major travel event. Now, in this first special edition of our Arabian Travel Market podcast series, I'll be taking a look at some of the key players from Dubai. And in episode two of the uh, podcast from the Arabian Travel Market, it will be a focus on the Kingdom of Saudi Arabia, who had a massive presence at the Arabian Travel Market. So buckle up your seatbelts as we take a look at Emirates. And I start off by sitting down in the comfort of their premium economy seats talking to their chief commercial officer Adnan Kazim. Travel Wise with Phil Blizzard. News, views and interviews. Travelling around the Arabian Travel Market and our aviation special starts with Emirates. Adnan, I think we sat here a few days ago for the last ATM. It's like yesterday I think when I remember <laughs> the time we launched or we haven't yet launched the premium economy That's seat. Right. It was about three months I think away from the premium economy and today we're sitting in premium economy and it's flying all over the show. Uh, sure. I tell you what, I want to start off with some facts and figures. Sure. 30 years ago, it was the first Arabian travel market. Emirates Airline was flying, but a very smaller operation compared with now. I mean, in, definitely, I think if I take back Emirates Airline back in 1993, uh, when ATM commenced, uh, we were doing 2 million passengers. We were doing uh, 30 destinations. Uh, we had uh, 12 uh, to 15 aircraft. Uh, we, we were flying with 727 Boeing, uh, Airbus 310, and Airbus 300. Uh, and today, as you see, I mean, we're Emirates stand with 140 destinations, with a fleet of over 260 aircraft, all of them wide body. A network, I think, that is quite impressive and big, I think, uh, compared to that how it used to be. Is phenomenal, those figures from uh, the start, 1993-94, to where you are now. So, we were talking about the launch of this last year. Sure and it's been received really well. What's your key messaging this time at the Arabian Travel Market? I mean, we are continuing with our growth pattern. Still, we're adding more and more to the premium economy as a key focus, I think, for us. Uh, uh, today, when we launched, we had uh, five destinations at that time. Today, we're ramping up even to more and more destinations. We had uh, six aircraft, 380s, uh, yeah. equipped with the premium economy. Today, we have 12 aircraft, and we'll be adding another 17 by end of summer. The number will be 29 aircraft, so we're fully committed as yeah. far as the deployment of the 380s with more premium economy to be coming on the way. Uh, we're adding New York tomorrow, JFK with a premium economy. We have uh, uh, San Francisco, mid of May. We have uh, Houston coming end of June. So many of these kind of markets will be added with, with the product JFK premium economy. JFK tomorrow. We should be on that flight doing it live from the aircraft. That, that's <laughs> ideal, I think, with it being better. What was nice, I flew on the A380 for the first time since COVID, two yeah. nights ago, from Manchester Excellent. into uh, Dubai. Chock a block, wasn't especially, I don't think you're doing really well. Flights are quite full. We haven't seen any low season anymore, I think. If I look at it from last, it's at least uh, six to eight months. Uh, flights were doing extremely high seat factor, yeah. including a month like February and March. Normally, they tend to go down, yeah. but we haven't seen that down anymore. Ramadan was quite uh, high seat factor, continued to be, even though we had some Muslim countries, they didn't uh, fly during that time. But uh, but overall, demand was extremely high. A premium continued to be 
in a high seat factor, the same thing. Yeah. Uh, yeah. So I think it's a good story, and that's something will continue we as we progress toward the summer we period. At one time, we used to talk about people going away a lot. They had the travel bug. That disappeared for two years with COVID, but people have got the travel bug again. Uh, people, I think, they're desperate these days. Uh, they just uh, want to travel. After two years of sitting back at home doing nothing, yeah. I think during COVID yeah, yeah. time, uh, I think the horizon is open. The restriction being removed from all the countries almost. China's coming back to online now. We're seeing a spike coming in from that end. But I think this summer will be really something that will be quite big in terms of demand. Capacity still remain to be a challenge by many airlines, I think, and industry in, in total. And, the, and demand is way exceeding the pre-COVID level. So yeah. you can imagine what will be the, the bottom line. Yeah, a couple of things, Adnan, I've noticed this year. We've lost the globe. The Emirates globe is gone. You got a different uh, stand, different display now. So it's, what's the focus of this? I mean, com combining with uh, our, I mean, the, the round shape is still, I think the theme of the globe still remain to be there. But I th uh, we're trying to focus more on innovation, the material that's being used, the wooden material, they're all driven towards uh, the innovation, sorry, innovation, but at the same time, where sustainability, sustainability is, yeah. is key, I think, in yeah. the way we're driving the change. We're trying to display all the initiatives Emirates have taken in this domain uh, of the business, sure. but at the same time, we're maintaining our uh, brand and the product uh, offering in terms of the changes that's coming in the industry and in the future. And finally, look across there, visit Dubai.com, big stand, home country, home base. Sure. What's your association with DTCM and the Dubai pull? It's quite big. I mean, today, we I don't think we ever had this kind of engagement that today we have with DTCM. We're mapping everything, all the all the capacity and all the initiatives, marketing, uh, along with the Dubai DTCM in terms of the focus markets, how to promote new niche markets as well and promote the core markets. So in terms of the association, I don't think could have been anything better today. We're trying to promote the point-to-point -point traffic, which is quite solid. Today is representing anything between 30 to 40% of the traffic we're getting to Dubai. That's a good sign because often it's been very much a yeah, hard yeah. Slip, so. But at the same time, we're trying to promote the stopover as well, uh, which is another key thing that we're trying to highlight as a way forward. So uh, overall, I think uh, the association with Dubai is great. And that reflected quite positively in what you see in the hotel chain. I mean, the, the occupancy of the hotel, the hospitality chain, everything is going through uh, a high occupancy, sure. I think. Uh, well, overall. Adnan, great talking to you as always. Thank you very much for the uh, reflection you. back to no Emirates problem. when the Arabian travel market started. Sure. Let's have a little rest now. Shall we sit back and enjoy yep. the flight? No problem. The Arabian travel market, 2023. And talking to Adnan Kazim, who's the Chief Commercial Officer of Emirates Airlines, sitting down in the very comfortable premium economy seats, which they were showcasing at this year's Arabian travel market. Uh, a bit later on, we'll be talking loyalty uh, cards and loyalty programs for hotels by talking to the Dubai-based Global Hotel Alliance. But right now, I'm doing my seatbelt to whiz across the exhibition floor to Dubai Tourism. Travel Wise with Phil Blizzard. Travelling around the globe, home base, Dubai Tourism, DTCM. And look at the floor out there. What an amazing start to this 30th edition of the, world, of the Arabian travel market. So, what are your thoughts on, on day one? It has been absolutely remarkable. I mean, at the Dubai stand itself, we have 122 stakeholders from different travel and tourism companies here on our stand. That's 20% higher than the year before. So that's been really amazing for us.
And on, you know, in parallel to ATM, we also have a very comprehensive hosted buyers program. We're currently hosting over 440 international buyers from travel and tour operating companies and showcasing Dubai to them. They'll be at ATM from day two starting tomorrow. What I'm wondering, I mean, ATM started off as a regional show. It's now truly global. You've got those Definitely. international buyers coming into Dubai from which parts of the world? So Dubai does not focus on one, two, 10 or 20 source markets. We have a diversification strategy where we focus on more than 50, 50 to 60 source markets globally. So if you look at our hosted buyers program itself, we yep. have 440 from 31 different countries. So, you know, we have people coming from all over the world. Dubai is the place to be and uh, we're very excited about that. So looking at uh, ATM this year, what are the all key message or key messages so there's a lot of great messages. Um, maybe I'll start. Maybe I'll name three or four. So one is Dubai has won the TripAdvisor most popular uh, destination for the second year in a row. This is a wonderful accolade for us, and it really speaks to what travelers globally think of Dubai. Secondly, it's a big year of sustainability here in the UAE. I think this ATM is the first ATM that has a sustainable section as well, really showcasing yeah. UAE and Dubai's commitment to sustainability in light of the COP28 um, um, event that's going to happen at the end of the year as well. And one message I personally love to push as a woman is the safety and security. Dubai is a wonderful destination, not just for everything it has to offer, but also because it's super safe and secure for women and for families. I think I'm hearing that more and more, not from people just coming here on holiday, which is very very, very important, but people who want to come here and work and live their exactly. life here, bring their children here. You're hearing that message so much. Exactly. I actually think we don't say it enough. You know, it really is, I mean, whoever wants to, you know, we, we part of His Highness's D33 strategy for Dubai 2033 is to make Dubai not only the best place to visit, but also to live and work. And safety is a key factor that many people are going to think of when it comes to the decision-making process of that. Yeah. Right. Um, I had a phrase earlier on from colleagues of yours, stakeholders of yours at Emirates saying the Dubai pull. So they're pulling people into Dubai and they were talking about how they work more and more with DTCM. So how is it from your side working with Emirates? We have a very close partnership with Emirates. They're obviously one of our key stakeholders. Emirates and Fly Dubai are number one stakeholders in terms of you know travel and, 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 and tour, uh, travel and tourism. Yeah. Um, we work very closely together and we, we wouldn't have been where we are today as a city if it wasn't for the wonderful global network and access that Emirates provides. And with Emirates, I was talking about their evolution from the day, well, 30 years ago when ATM started, they had 15 aircraft and a few destinations. It's a different world now. It's a totally different world. Mm -hmm. And uh, reflecting back to the very first uh, uh, ATM, just 2,000 square meters, what, 300 exhibitors and about 7,000 uh, exhibitors uh, and visitors to the show. So. Yeah. Today we have 2,000 exhibitors mm -hmm. from 150 countries and I think they're expecting 34,000 visitors. So yeah. the footfall yeah. is absolutely yeah. astronomical. Over 30,000 on the uh, 30th edition of the show. Yes. So what do you want people to take away from when they come to you and they talk to DTCM and all your stakeholders? What sort of uh, message you want them to go home with? So definitely that Dubai has something to offer for everyone. Again, whether you're here looking for a leisure trip, looking for a business trip, or even looking to relocate to live or to work, Dubai has something to cater to everyone. We're here, we're welcoming the world, and we're only going to get bigger and better. Thank you very much for talking to us. What I'm going to do Thank now so is go much. down and explore some of your stakeholders and uh, get the latest news from them. Thank Enjoy. you. Enjoy. Thank you. Travel Wise with Phil Blizzard. Talking there with Hor Al Khaji, who's the Associate Vice President of International Operations at Dubai Tourism.
The Arabian Travel Market 2023. A massive presence on the Dubai stand of Dubai tourism. And now, well, moving from a destination to hotels and the importance of loyalty programs for hotel owners, hotel operators. As I discover when I speak with Chris Hartley from the Dubai-based Global Hotel Alliance. Arabian Travel Market, we're looking at loyalty programs. We're still talking sustainability. That's the theme of this show's Arabian Travel Market. Chris, nice to see you. Last time we met up was Global Hotel Alliance in Madrid. So what's been the biggest news since then? Well, when we were together in Madrid, of course, we announced the launch of NH Hotels. Since then, they've fully integrated into the alliance. And... Um, Believe it or not, only what nine, ten months later, they're actually one of our biggest contributors of cross-band revenue to the other brands, um, performing extremely well. So that's been a huge positive step forward for us. And of course, an NH hotel here in Dubai now. There is NH collection on the Palm opened a few weeks ago, and we're always seeing some great performance uh, coming into that hotel. Yeah. So exciting to see them in the region for the first time. So since Madrid, what about uh, membership of the Your Loyalty Program? How has that grown? Membership continues to grow massively. Um, we actually had growth last year, um, double what we'd had the previous year, which perhaps isn't too surprising as we're coming yeah. off the pandemic. But um, we've seen member numbers increase significantly, in particular our top tier elite members, um, doubling revenues over the last uh, 12 months or so. And that's continued into 2023. So the first quarter, in fact, we just closed April um, with another record month. So it's really looking like on the back of leisure traveler, we're going to see continued growth into the summer. So we're feeling pretty positive at the moment. And what about other hotels joining the Global Hotel Alliance for, in, in this year, for example? So we had uh, the set collection that joined in October, bringing in uh, some amazing assets like the Lutetia in Paris, Cafe Royal in London, uh, conservatorium in Amsterdam, a miller in Jerusalem. Wow. Um, so that was pretty exciting to bring such iconic properties in. Uh, we got more in the pipeline that we announced uh, quite soon. So we're pretty optimistic about growing. And we've added a lot of new hotels within our brands. You mentioned NH, but a lot of our brands are growing as well with new hotels. And the green collection I've been hearing whispers about, this is sustainability. So how does this fit into uh, sustainability and Global Hotel Alliance? Well, very much fits with the theme of ATM this year. Um, we launched this back in March uh, here in Dubai, actually, at Jay the Resort, which is, uh, we're on their stand here, but JA is one of the pioneers of uh, sustainability best practice here in the region, where they're recycling water, their waste, and um, they're really doing a, an enormous amount um, for sustainability. What we wanted to do is reflect what our hotels are doing by um, showing those hotels off to, to our customers as the green collection, as we call it. We've got about 200 hotels. And basically, we determined that by whether they are adhering to best practice as determined by the UN sustainability goals um, and that they're certified in doing that by one of the international organizations. Um, so we've chosen several of those international organizations and if they're following those certification requirements, then we're bringing them into the green collection. So that's about 200 hotels out of the 800 that are currently in that collection. Okay. And that was very much a focus when we met up in Madrid with your uh, CEOs talking about their sustainability programs from the different hotels, which range, I think, with Hawaii right through to uh, uh, Asia itself. Well, I think um, you're seeing sustainability becoming a part almost of the DNA of many of our brands now. Um, we talked uh, a lot of the time, I think, uh, uh, Pan Pacific had won an award um, for design, sustainability to design. Um, they've got a new hotel opening uh, next month, the Pan Pacific Orchard, which is almost looks like a, 
uh, a self-sustained uh, jungle in the middle of oh, really? uh, in, in the middle of Orchard Road in in Singapore. Singapore yeah. And I, I think you're going to see more and more of. Um, sustainability coming to design of new builds yeah. as well and I, I think that's what customers want well, to see. Well that's the only way isn't it really to get it in that design stage otherwise sort of retrofitting a hotel is going to be very expensive. Well that's it, is it expensive but it, it, the way in which we're seeing customer behavior changing yeah. and going uh, choosing those sorts of hotels is really going to pay off over time but also not, not not just because it's good from a customer's perspective but it's also the right thing to do yeah. and we, we know we need to change um, our uh, practices and behavior in that regard and customers will follow those that do and to finish off day one of course uh, how's it been for you here what's what, what's your feeling of the buzz well it, it's a different buzz to last year last year was very busy but it felt like people just wanted to get back together again I think this year you feel people wanted to do business again and there's a lot of talk about new projects so much happening in the region of course um, not just here in Dubai but in Saudi um, those projects are almost uh, incessantly being announced, um, which is exciting. And I, I just feel that at the moment, the travel industry is on a high, obviously, after the lows of the pandemic. We are very optimistic about the rest of this year for the region, but for the broader um, international travel space. And who knows, can we sustain that into 2024 and beyond? Let's hope so. Let's hope so, yeah. So many thanks for joining us here at ATM and have a, have a good rest of the week. Thank you. Great to be here again. The Arabian Travel Market 2023. Chris Hartley there, uh, bringing to a close this edition of our Arabian Travel Market special Travel Wise podcast. Episode one, in fact, because this series will continue as a mini series of the Arabian Travel Market, reflecting back, on, reflecting back on some of the key players. And in our next episode, we'll be focusing on the Kingdom of Saudi Arabia. Travelwise with Phil Blizzard. News, views, and interviews. And if you would like to have a podcast production for your organization, do get in touch with me. Drop me an email, philblizzardmedia at gmail.com. A Phil Blizzard radio production. Travelwise with Phil Blizzard. News, views, and interviews.